0: Hey guys, Dude2Joe here on 2Dudes1Double Feature. Just wanted to make a correction. I referred to Baz Luhrmann's debut film as simply ballroom when actually it is strictly ballroom. So I apologize for that, and I figured I'm just going to drop this uh, correction here in the disclaimer. It is not simply ballroom, it is strictly ballroom. Anyway, onto the disclaimer. This program is not intended for children. This is for adults only. The opinions expressed here are our opinions alone. Anyway, here's the one and only Two Dudes One Double Feature.
1: Welcome! Uh, welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One, Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Elvis Presley.
0: And I'm Dude Two, um, wait, he's, he's Elvis.
1: He's Elvis. Oh, Yeah, 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 I'm Elvis Presley. oh no, I've I'm, I'm one,
0: and I'm due to Joe as per most of the time
1: like a good 80 90 percent of the time yeah
0: that's that's, that's good that's a good enough track record for my taste honestly that's
1: pretty solid so uh welcome to the show everybody uh before we get into our exciting double feature we have for you guys this week Joe Dinny Dan who's closing his door right now um, being polite which is good.
0: Yeah, because uh, I'm recording in a different spot uh, than usual. So,
1: um, yeah, you got to, got to take precautions when you're in a different spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you. As you know, I film upstairs in my room, and so there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of visitors. Every yes, so you long. do.
0: You do get quite <laughs> a few visitors. Yes.
1: Other other than all that, um, due to. How are you?
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm okay. Um, obviously, Christmas was almost a week ago. Now that we're recording this, mm-hmm. uh, this will be our first
1: episode of the new year. Happy New Year! Ooh! Ooh. I can't see you anymore. Oh wait, there you are.
0: Yep. Yeah. Like I said, this is different for for okay.
1: us. <laughs> as long as I could just see you, because I like see. Yeah. Seeing yeah. You
0: um. You know,
1: Contrary to what you may believe, mm,
0: still doubt, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah doing fine uh christmas was a couple days ago you know so and then we went to the city the day after christmas uh we saw phantom of the opera because that's closing in april uh it, it was a good time uh, th- though uh we had like a there was a slight accident everything everybody's okay now richard knows about it i'm not gonna go into detail about it I, yeah
1: yeah, it's all everybody's
0: fun. okay. To, uh, I saw was I saw Phantom at the Majestic Theater because it's been playing there for this February the thirty-five years, and uh, for the first time I got to see it in the orchestra, and I was beneath the chandelier, which is a big famous thing. So when it was coming down, I was like, "Oh boy, is this the time? Is this <laughs> what <when> it happens?" <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Oh
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I've actually I'm, I've decided my new New Year's thing is I'm going to try to read more, and uh, my my excuse and my thing to, foray into doing that is going to be uh, Poirot, uh, you know. So I was um, listening and reading um, the Mysterious Affair at Styles, which is the first uh, Agatha Christie Poirot mystery, um, you know. So I'm going to try to do that. Uh, this, uh, this 2023, and was like, you should do a podcast on it. I'm like, I'm sure there's probably, like, 85 poro podcasts. Although yeah, it was a lovely suggestion, Allison. I didn't mean to <laughs> diminish.
1: <laughs> it's just like, like, listen, you're like, I'm gonna read a book. Like, you should do a podcast on it. Shut up! I don't mean anything by it. But... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I and I do want to try to explore other podcasting option. Not leave I'm not leaving two dudes, folks. That's not what's happening. Because no.
1: uh, if Joey leaves, then we're not doing the show. I've told him this before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've said to him, You should have another person come on. And and he's like, No. I'm like, not even Wikey. Wikey would be a pretty good Look, dude.
1: Listen, too. I love Wykey, but no. <laughs> Waiky, I love you. You have a Christmas present coming in the mail today, or it would have been uh, a while ago since you got it. But still, no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but other than that, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. So how are you?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm all right. You know, I just been kind of I've had a lot more days off the past couple of weeks since Christmas, which is nice. I didn't have to work on Christmas, which is unusual. I feel like. I, I feel like this hasn't happened in a while but I feel like at the same time I'm remembering maybe that I did have a Christmas off at one point not long ago but I can't I can't in my I can't remember honestly but it's nice regardless and uh, I have New Year's Day off which is nice as well so I've been spending my time reading a little bit um, I got some comics for Christmas um, one of which was a a Christmas uh, a romance uh story of batman and catwoman which was fun i also got i actually got like a new like soundboard thing for the podcast that i haven't messed with yet so that's why i'm not using it right now but you know once once i figure that out maybe we'll have some fun with that and we'll have like because there's like like buttons on it for like laughing and for like stuff so <laughs> but of course i have the control over it so joey can make like some some joke and i'm just not and i'm just not laughing and i'll just go press a button <laughs> i think that's there too (laughs) oh man that's good but uh when i when i mess with that the the thing i was excited about with that one is that i think it has two separate ports so whenever the opportunity comes and joe and i are in person together again preferably not at like a disney world situation so we don't have to worry about like taking expensive things with us but, uh, like if we're hanging out at one another's house or something mm-hmm. at one point in the future sure. uh take it take it with me, and uh we can uh record in person successfully uh on that note, so I'm actually kind of excited about that um other than that i haven't I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot. I'm just trying to catch up on a lot of twenty twenty two because the year's almost over, and I wanted to watch a couple of them, but I feel like. I've I've caught up a fair amount Mm -hmm. and I've been able to watch there's still a couple of things like maybe one or two things that I still want to watch but I'll get to that eventually I got time like it's it's literally what a day and a half at this uh, (laughs) but I got time (laughs) yeah I got time but speaking of 2022 and movies so uh, I do want to get to the episode because I think this is kind of a kind of a fun one admittedly it's different it's 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 unique because and I, I do think context is needed so earlier this year we did an episode talking about 2021 movies specifically two movies that we love from 2021 that is dune and last night in soho so we did a whole episode about that go listen to it please yeah, if you want you it's up to you and um months ago uh joey had asked me if we wanted to do something similar for 2022 and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe it could be like a regular thing, you know, depending on how long we do the show, which I don't, I mean, you know, we've been doing it this long. <laughs> it's just crazy. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it could be like a regular thing. The downside though, even after all this time has passed, I still feel like this is pretty much the same for both of us, but um, we had already talked about my favorite movie of the year, which was The Batman, when we did that with the pairing with Logan, which also, go listen to that. And then when he asked me, there was uh, an episode we were getting ready to do, which was the Michelle Yeoh episode with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Everything Ever All at Once, which is Joey's favorite movie of the year. So therein, lied the, therein lies the problem. It's like, well, we already talked about mine. We're about to talk about yours. I don't really feel like changing the Michelle Yeoh episode. So what would be a good like plan B? And at the time, another movie that I know Joey is particularly fond of had just come out on disc at the time and so wires and stuff started like sparking in my brain I was like oh I have a weird idea (laughs) I think I said it like that even Um, so essentially the whole basis for this idea is that uh, we have two movies this week that we both very much enjoy but they both exist and even carry with them aspects of these particular brands or genres that uh neither of us are like massively into necessarily one of them being a marvel movie which we've talked to great length about marvel movies Mm -hmm. we've even talked about like what six seven marvel movies prior to this one yeah you know the thing is with marvel movies they all come with their own things and 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 what have you and you know we're just we're like Eh, at this point with Marvel movies, so much so like I know with Joey, he's gotten so far as to the point where at least with the shows are concerned, he doesn't even care to watch the rest of the shows, which I don't blame him honestly. And then with uh, the other one, we do music biopics, which also uh, come with. And this isn't this isn't again to say that you know these people's lives stories aren't worth telling or that they're not important, but it's just a lot of these movies do the same thing and have the same structure. For sure, it's like. It's like why movies like Dewey Cox or like the new Weird Al movie sort of exist to sort of, sort of parody that a little bit. And so, uh, and that, and the thing, the thing that makes these two movies stand out is because of the people involved and it makes them, while they still carry all of those tropes and those are still issues that we have with the movies inherently, because of the people who made them, it ultimately makes these experiences significantly more interesting and more worth talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. So, um what what are we what's our first movie then? <laughs> what are we talking about?
1: Our first feature film, Joe Denny Um, our first movie uh, is one that I was pretty excited to see. I didn't see it in theaters, I'll be honest, but I was pretty excited to see because of who was involved with it. It is the twenty twenty two sequel to Doctor Strange, um, from Sam Raimi. It is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Things just got out of hand on this podcast. (laughs) 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 Yes, Doctor Strange. I have both movies next to me, by the way. I have neither next to me. I like having it next to me so I can look at it while I'm talking about it. I'd I'd play the movie, but I feel like the PlayStation would go... (sighs) in the background. Yeah. I'd hate that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But yes, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is one you saw in theaters, but this is one I did not see in theaters. Yep. And when you saw it in theaters, what, I, I'm actually kind of curious, like, what was your sort of, because I know neither of us are, like, hugely fans of the original Doctor Strange, nor do I think either of us are even big fans of the character, necessarily.
0: You know, he- here's what I would say. Um, the first Doctor Strange, I remember seeing an IMAX sneak preview of Doctor Strange, actually, um, that Which is actually the same night I saw Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders on the big screen.
1: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool.
0: Which, that was a, it was a cool, like, comic book, like, DC, Marvel kind of night. It was, like, a 15-minute IMAX preview. And I'm like, after seeing Doctor Strange, I'm like, yeah, I probably could have just watched that, and that would have been just the best of that movie, pretty much, uh, from what I remember. Right. And that's not to say Doctor Strange is a bad movie. It's, listen... Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill had to, you know, they had to start this character, and you know, it's the MCU origin formula, right? It's like Doctor, it's 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 Iron Man, but with magical powers on some level. Plus, that movie also had to contend with certain cultural, like with the character of the Ancient One, that you know, due to it trying to be a Chinese, trying to release in China, and then there's all of that messiness. Yeah. Um. So that like the first one is a fine enough 3 star out of 5 movie. Um but Doctor Strange I would say has become one of my favorite supporting characters in all of these movies.
1: I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Like
0: I love his appearance in in Ragnarok. I love him in in the in the last two Avengers movies and in Spider-Man he's fun. Like Benedict Cumberbatch is great as this character. And I genuinely enjoy when his character pops up, because it adds another, like, fun dynamic. Like, I really like the scenes in Infinity War, where it's him and Tony Stark, and they're like, what the, th-
1: what, you, you know. <laughs> and, and outside of the whole, like, Sherlock thing that a lot of people were always talking about, like, oh my god, it's Sherlock, uh, and yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, you can be like, oh
0: T.V. that's cute. But, you know, I thought they had good, chemi- <clears throat> they had good chemistry in that regard. So,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: I was like, okay, you know what? The first movie, I always think about, like, Richard Donner. I think Richard Donner said "There's Somebody said, like, the first movie, the first movie you set up the rules, right? Yeah. And the second movie is where you get to have fun. But the problem is, this is a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this is not just Doctor Strange 2. This is Doctor Strange in a multiverse of madness, so you're trying to set up other things. But also, it is WandaVision
1: Season 1.5. And it's a sequel to both Avengers movies. It's a, it's a follow-up to the last Spider-Man movie. Yes. Like, like that's, that's the main, that's the main problem arguably with this, with the whole movie from the jump is just that like any other Marvel movie, it just happens to be a sequel to eight different things. Yeah, That's always been the most, I think the biggest issue with a lot of the Marvel movies is that they just assume that everybody's going to watch everything. And, and, like, at, at, at a time when it was just movies, maybe that was easier. But now we're in an era of streaming services and TV shows and Disney+. Plus, and so now it's, like, we have WandaVision uh, to, to consider. We have uh, a third Spider-Man movie. And, like you were saying, too, like, he is a supporting character in a lot of things. So while I think Ragnarok's probably the one that matters the least because he, he's just there because it's fun. Um, whereas everything else, it's, like, you know all these because like the first thing he talks about in the movie is like oh you know i was gone for five years and that's sort of like it like the whole movie is based on more or less his feelings of being zapped or snapped whatever uh for five years and so he's in this conundrum like you know oh god i've missed five years of my life which a lot of marvel characters have that same problem <laughs> now yeah that that's admittedly like the kind of the part that kind of sucks is that like the movie doesn't really stand on its own. It has a lot of support because it's a sequel to like a million different things. And I
0: will say, and I was also worried too, because like, okay, because everybody was like, Oh my God, Wesley Snipes blade. has got to show up in this movie. And like, like (laughs) daredevil Ben Affleck's daredevil is going to show up in this movie. The nineties captain America is going to show up in this. Like they wanted everything. Like what, what, Cause when people hear multiverse saga or the multiverse of madness, they want every every cameo that you can squeeze out of. because especially because No Way Home brought the, Yeah,
1: it's like you like Toby and Andrew aren't enough.
0: They're not enough. And now that there's bringing back all the villains enough, it's we need more. We need more than that. And um but despite all this, despite all this, and this is the first time I rewatched it in full sense theaters actually. So it'd been a solid what was it? Came out like what May? Um yeah. since May, I hadn't seen it in full. Um it was still really entertaining. Like I think pound for pound, it is the mo- one of the more entertaining MCU entries by far.
1: Most of my most of my interest is very because because very much because of Sam Raimi, I think, too. Yeah. Just like, I think and that's something I was I was noticing too, because I was looking at all the movies that we have talked about on the show. And I feel like the main sort of draw for a lot of these movies is the director. So, like, like Taika Waititi, Joe Johnston, Ryan Coogler, um, James Gunn, yep. you know, like these are all directors who have been able to stand out in a... Cause like, and that's the sort of ironic things. Like, Marvel's always like, you know, oh, you know, directors come first, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but there's also, like, a system with Marvel movies because it is run like a television show. And so like while there is a director, the person in charge is still Kevin Feige. Yeah. And it's still like the stories that he wants to tell with all these actors. And so it, it feels like it loses some creative edge and some individuality when each film comes out. So when you see this movie and and I feel like you know what's the craziest thing to think about? Like this is the first time, to my knowledge, that Marvel has advertised a movie from someone.
0: That's a good point actually. Yeah. Cuz
1: Cause, cause like like outside of like from the a director of this, which is typically like the previous entry <laughs> that they did in the MCU or like um you know, oh like from so and so or like at no point in in any like the the straight marketing of an MCU movie have I ever seen like from so and so the next installment of this character. And yet like I see the the stuff for Doctor Strange too and it's like from Sam Raimi and I'm like <laughs> And I'm like I'm getting giddy I'm getting excited And so I think that's been always like the the thing that I get excited about is when there's a director that actually can put their stamp and are may are given maybe a little bit more leeway to put their stamp on it and there's like you watch it and there's no question so like we're, we're watching dr strange and immediately i'm like yeah this is this is sam this is clearly sam dutch angles monsters silly goofiness bruce campbell uh cameos
0: i mean like like even just like what was kind of amazing was like seeing people who are just accustomed to mcu movies reacting negatively to some of the exposition, the like, way the exposition was delivered and the choices in that regard.
1: Oh yeah, like the Like
0: I was thinking about the scene where Mordo is giving the exposition about 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 the, you know, about the evil, about the dark hold, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. And, you know, like the way like the shots are and you know the trans like the sort of the transitions um I mean, I thought I'm like, "Wow, this is actually kind of cool because it's not trying to be like, look at this massive special effect or anything like that. It's like like a slightly bit of like clever editing and
1: compositing it's like a kaleidoscope
0: yeah and people are there are people like oh this is so bad imagine in the year of our lord 2022 (laughs) we get something like this and i'm like i want more of this in the year of our lord 2022 (laughs) can i imagine it again please i'm like you i'm I'm like you people do not deserve nice things
1: (laughs) good god it's just we marvel movies have wired people's brains a certain way so when they get something different they're like nah <laughs> nah i'm like but look look it's it's got a giant squid thing with an eyeball that goes yes nah. but
0: well i feel like i know you we, we briefly touched on what this character is going through this movie but dr strange in the multiverse of madness it just starts off as a ride because they're like like because um, it starts off with a, a different version of him in another uh, universe, Ponytailed. ponytailed, and uh, we have the, him with uh, the character of America Chavez, played by Sochi Gomez. She's fantastic in this movie. Like they're running away because somebody's after her because she's got multiverse powers she can punch things and and it it to another
1: universe she can make stars with her punches and kicks and what's
0: also um and again like we find out too that your dreams are just you looking at like other uni- version, other universes of yourself which is a nifty concept
1: it's so comic booky yeah like just to think that you're you're taking a nap and you have a dream that you're you're falling off a building or something and it's like oh god i died in another universe <laughs> shit that that's
0: that's one of the big things that that's uh that's pretty much going on is doctor strange has to protect america chavez um um you know because things are after her and then and then did you want to say? I'm sorry. You look. You looked like you were gonna. Uh,
1: <laughs> I was just. I was just getting ready. All right. then, so here's what
0: happens. Then, okay. Uh, we we meet and people go. Oh
1: my gosh! It's Wanda for WandaVision. Ooh. <laughs>
0: and uh, basically, like he he's just like I need the help of an Avenger. You know. Uh, I am a very powerful. Uh, <laughs>
1: This is the most nerdy-sounding Dr. Strange. (laughs) Like, listen, I'm a level 12 wizard. (laughs) I'm going to need I am not
0: the Sorcerer Supreme, but I'm pretty good at what I do here. You know, Wanda, listen. You kidnapped a town from New Jersey.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: So... And um, basically, if the only Doctor Strange, the only Marvel things you've seen are the first Doctor Strange, you're gonna be totally lost because she's just like oh, so confused. You did this thing with Thanos. You did this thing with Thanos. Did you really? Uh, you you bent uh, reality. And when I do it, it's evil. And I go, yeah. You kidnap people from New Jersey. I don't care what the exact thing
1: was. It's still pretty bad. Listen, listen. This is, I'm going to talk about this real quick, because there was a point I got annoyed with Joey because he kept repeating the same joke. I, 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 because, (laughs) listen, there wasn't much else I could think about. (laughs) So, to be completely, like, transparent, when we go in, when we go in to watch this movie, I'm already somewhat nervous to watch it again, because, like, you haven't seen it since theaters. I don't, I don't feel like you're going to have any disinterest in it. I feel like you might enjoy it, but there's definitely a nervousness. Because of the Wanda factor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I know that um, when it comes to certain internet chatter that uh, is for a character that you're like, why is this a thing? It makes you hate that character more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos, Batman, the list goes on, and so I'm like, okay, I'm right, like, like I'm I'm a little bit nervous this is gonna happen, but then he kind of repeats the same. <laughs> joke over and over again and i'm like can you stop <laughs> i get it she's evil but that's the point
0: <laughs> no but i think my problem is it's it's not it's that the whole Mar- any of these marvel characters you would not be able to trace an arc at all i think that's really what my big gripe is because Wanda starts out sort of as, like, an anti-hero at first, because she's worked works with Ultron. Remember in the year 2015, Age of Ultron? Remember that? But she...
1: I try to forget. She's her. worked
0: with Ultron, <laughs> and then she sort of joins the Avengers, and then something bad happens in Civil War, partly because of her. And you're like, she's not a bad guy, but it's just like, okay, something bad, unfortunate happened, right? And she doesn't yes. really get much to do in the other... like. And then there's, like, you know her thing with vision which is just like i know it's a thing in the comics but i don't feel like they really like
1: it's it's, it's there it, yeah. it's
0: just it's like you're missing things that that like haven't been presented and then you know obviously the tragic things happen in, in infinity war you know with a vision that's very upsetting blah 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 uh-huh. and then we get wanda uh which it, it it's just it, you don't know how to feel at the end of it and I don't know if they really had a clean way of doing
1: it. That's 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 a fair assessment. I'll, I'll give and you that, that. And
0: that's not that's not Sam Raimi's fault or anything like that. Because here's the other thing too. This phase, phase four, has had the best villains by far. Yeah. Okay. I agree. When you are able to take the Green Goblin from from the Sam Raimi movies, <laughs> you're able to have Wenwu um, in in Shang Chi. Uh, uh, spoilers for um, Eternals. Icarus, I thought was a pretty. Sol- I know people gave that one shit, but I thought that was a pretty interesting for Marvel to do it like that. I thought that was pretty cool. And then
1: mm-hmm. Elizabeth
0: Olsen, fantastic as an evil Scarlet Witch.
1: Well, see, I think that's where my my love for the character comes from. Is that like I like because that because I feel like maybe there was some miscommunication there. Like I don't justify anything she does. I just have fun watching her right. do what she does. Yes. So I need that to be But it's also
0: fun to tease you for your love of vaguely evil Well
1: see it's all aesthetics. I know,
0: but it's just funny.
1: It's all aesthetics. It's, it's just fun. You know, like like um like it's the unfortunate the unfortunate is, like I grew up always finding like cooler, edgier looking women attractive. Sure. And unfortunately in storytelling, those type of characters tend to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> So, I can't, I can't deny that I have interest, but that doesn't mean that, you know, when I see what they're doing on screen that I'm like, the only, I'll say, the only crime I approve of Wanda doing is killing the cameo characters, which we'll get to.
0: Yes, we will get, we will get, we'll get to that. But
1: I think, (laughs) that is the only crime. I think,
0: generally speaking, we both agree, she's amazing in this movie. She's a great, terrifying villain. She's given something to do for once. yes.
1: Like that's that's the big thing.
0: Yes, she's given something to do. She's allowed to kill people. Like and like her attack on a commertage um in the movie,
1: that's a great scene. It's genuinely genuinely a great scene. But like Elizabeth Olsen is an incredible actor and I agree with you with what you were saying like I don't feel like she was ever given a lot to do. Like she was cast because she's a good actor. Yes, for sure. They're like we need to, we we want good actors to play these characters. And then it's like we well, you're not giving them anything to do. Like she's a plot device in civil war. She, she it doesn't amount to anything because she's not doing anything. She's just a plot device. Yep. And then because she happens to be Sokovian or from Sokovia, like that becomes a whole thing. And it's just like, listen, you know, you, you cast this, this wonderful actor, genuinely wonderful actor to play this character and you're not utilizing her. And I think that's another issue I have with a lot of MCU. Mm-hmm. Is that they tend to get genuinely great actors involved with their stuff, but they only ever focus on so many of them. Yeah, and and in some cases, like like the Mark Ruffalo situation, like obviously they don't have the rights to make Hulk movies because that's still Universal, mm-hmm. but they'll still have Mark Ruffalo show up. Yeah, so in, in that case, I'm like, okay, I get it. But like, you know, you have you can use Wanda, you can use that character, and then when WandaVision came out, I feel like that was really like sort of the the precursor to this not just from a narrative standpoint but you know in the sense that you know you're giving Elizabeth Olsen something to do finally. Mm-hmm. I do agree the ending is sloppy and that it just feels weird cuz she kidnaps a whole bunch of people from New Jersey. But but also too um <laughs> what was the
0: girl's um Rambo um like um oh yeah. Um she and she and she was like you know there was like some some shenanigans with her and she's like all okay with this. It seems like by the end, and then it's like, oh, but she is evil if you watch the after credit if you watch the after credit scene. Which <laughs> listen, it's the like <laughs> the story ends. <laughs> the it story does. proper <laughs> ends at a certain point. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's 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 fine. It's like
0: okay. Sorry,
1: I it it's I, I do no, I'll say this, I do understand like there is that unfortunate it's like it's like with Joker or it's like with Thanos, you know, just because people are root like it feels like people are starting to root for the bad guy. Yeah. And it's it is awkward. Like I think I think in the case with this movie with her motivations, obviously, you know, it's all based on like just mental scarring and like her whole emotional state and having to deal with Vision's death, and also uh, these fake kids that she manifa- or manifested. Yeah. So her whole thing is that she's trying to, like, go into different multiverse soul realities where she does have kids, and she wants to take over the Wanda that lives there so that she can basically live out her fantasy again. Mm-hmm. But this time, it's, it's, like, set in stone, like, yeah, she's a fucking villain. <laughs> yes. And... That's and it's she's so good in the film and it's 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 just nice that for once a Elizabeth Olsen gets to to do something, b she gets to do it with Sam Raimi who's letting her chew the scenery yes which is so fun, um and uh like I think the majority of my favorite scenes are all around Wanda yeah. So like like the the battle at Kamertage, which is fantastic. Um, I even love uh, the bit when they're trying to cover all the reflections. Yes, because she's breaking through the mirror dimension, and then she bursts through the gong, and she's like, yes, she's like <laughs> craggly and whatnot. You're like, goddamn. It's like,
0: and again, it's one of those things where like I imagine if like if you're a parent taking your kid to see this. Like, cause a lot of the Marvel, I mean, there's some like, oh my goodness, Mar- like it's like Infinity War comes to mind of like you know, um, like heartbreaking things, but like this is just genuinely disturbing imagery, and like I know people are like, oh, but it's PG thirteen. I'm like, yeah, but PG thirteen has been so desensitized in 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 recent
1: years that it's so, it's different.
0: Because like I think about you know getting to Cameo City. The way that that those cameos are disp- a good chunk of those cameos are dispatched is pretty gruesome for, for a Marvel movie, honestly.
1: Oh my god! Like the like I remember when you told me that after you watched it, because I think you said something along those lines. Like I don't know if I would take a kid to see this. Part of me made me excited about that, <laughs> which is which. Listen, I I am definitely someone who advocates that superhero movies should be marketed more to kids these days since there's a lot of r-rated stuff but um in the case of marvel which with their disney mentality of we gotta make things for everybody we can't focus on one particular age group over the other everybody has to watch it it's nice that in this movie it actually is like fuck yeah (laughs) so like like we have or even like um the one uh the one person that commentaged the one of the like magic wielders who's uh the actor that's in uh the Woman King who's very good. Um she like melts away or whatever like she turns into like crow like ugh. It, yeah that was
0: that was like messed up.
1: It's just, it's just this movie is is very intense. So I guess what we're saying is if you if you have small children and you you want to watch some MCU movies wait till they're a little bit older on this one. Just a little bit. Yeah.
0: You know, and I know some people are like, are you serious? I'm like, I don't know, because like, because again, you have like just Wanda, just Wanda. That's the, That's the you know, just just Wanda, <laughs> just just Wanda. But also, um, so we get to uh, the 838 8-3, universe, which is where a lot of the focus, um, a lot of the focus is for a few reasons. Um, one, obviously, because Wanda's quest is to try to be with her kids. This is the only other universe that has her children.
1: And so, basically, just to explain this, too, as well, like, she's after America Chavez because America Chavez, as we said, has the ability to, to travel yes. to different multiverses, and so Wanda wants to get access to that power and steal it from from America Chavez, and um in the meantime, she uses the dark hold and she uses the thing there's a power called Dream Walking, which is allow which allows her to take over by I don't know if we I'm sure we talked about the pieces. I'm just trying to No, no, please put them together. together but, thank you. Um so just so you guys understand more or less. So so Doctor Strange um is trying to protect America Chavez and they actually end up doing a little multiversal traveling. They go to a a different universe uh, where it... And this is... I I do want to point out that I love that Sam Raimi used sets. SETS! SETS! Sorry. (laughs) He used sets. But um, he used essentially the same set three times, but each time it was altered based on the multiverse. Sure. Which was kind of cool. And you know what? It's uh, easy. Mm -hmm. It's effective. So... They go to different multiverses, so they go to the second multiverse, the pizza ball one that I like to call it, because that's where uh, uh, Pizza Papa uh, exists. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Wonderful. I want a Pizza Papa solo feature. Let's make it happen. Yeah, Um, Where it's just two hours of him beating himself up. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch it. Um, So, he gets kidnapped by Mordo, who in this universe... um, is like he's the sorcerer supreme Mm -hmm. and the doctor strange of that universe was actually killed by this group called the illuminati uh which essentially exists um as like a secret organization like you expect illuminati to be and each member of the illuminati is like a famous alternate version of a marvel character Mm -hmm. uh, including two that uh have not been introduced in the main MCU proper. Yes. Which I'm sure a lot of people were excited about. One of them I know we're both excited about. The other one, I know there was some excitement, but uh, a lot of disappointment as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, uh, Mordo brings Doctor Strange, because they they don't trust Doctor Strange's, basically, is what I was leading to. Yeah. um, Because Doctor Strange was using the Darkhold. Um. And so uh, he goes to meet the Illuminati, and the members of the Illuminati are Black Bolt, played by Anson Mount from the uh, Inhumans television show, uh, the short-lived Inhumans television show. Um, Captain Britain, I think.
0: Uh, it's Captain Captain Carter, I think. Captain Captain Carter, Britain's, I yeah. think, was a I was, totally Cap- is, is a totally different character. If I am not mistaken, is it
1: is a totally different character. But it makes I feel like it would have made sense to call her that. But it's essentially. Um, uh agent carter but as captain america from the uh oh from what if that's another important thing you have to watch before then <laughs> <laughs> there's another one <laughs> shit <laughs> so that makes it's just so let's let's just to keep a tally doctor strange one <laughs> um <laughs> uh the la uh the uh russo brothers uh avengers films um uh, spider-man wandavision what if I believe that's all of them. (laughs) So if you watch those films, you'll understand what happens in this one. And that one, and the two shows. But anyway, so uh, there's Captain Carter. There's Captain Marvel, who is uh, actually played by Lashana Lynch, who played the best friend in Captain Marvel. Mm Mm-hmm. Um also LaShana Lynch is in The Woman King. She's very good in that. Uh Charles Xavier from freaking X-Men Da-da-da-da-da-da. played by the uh amazing Patrick Stewart. Uh the only person that could really play that role outside of James McAvoy.
0: And whoever they decide to cast in the MCU, I want to be hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> or the, or whoever voiced the animated or the animated series who goes yeah! hey, <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, also, I, I want to point out, too, he comes out in the like the, the cool yellow like floating wheelchair. It looks uncomfortable, and it
0: looks like a Star Tours vehicle. <laughs> it does!
1: <laughs> but the effort's appreciated, thank you. Yes, for. yeah, for sure. And, of course, Mordo is there as well. But the big one, the by far the most exciting one, <laughs> as Joey puts a finger gun to his head, um, is the... Uh, Appearance of Mister Fantastic, played by none other than Good News himself, John Krasinski.
0: Well, that's what I call bad news bears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! Can you talk about John Krasinski a second? Because I because I remember when you were telling me about him, and I was just so shocked when I initially heard about like when you were telling me like your initial opinion on it, and it's still the same. It's just
0: like listen, okay. I get people are like, oh, Reed Richards is a serious is a serious guy. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But you're in a comic book movie. You're not in fucking Hamlet. All right? <laughs> 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 no, but, he, no, actually, not even that. He doesn't even try. It's just like, okay, we just, we, okay, we fit it into Krasinski's very busy schedule. We just bring it, and it might not be entirely his fault, because it's just probably a case of, like, we just needed him to be in this cameo. He probably didn't even know who the hell he was playing honestly like probably didn't oh, yeah. like like you know um and it just looks like you could have just put him in almost just plopped him in in almost any scene in the mcu and it probably just would have been like the same thing you know yeah it, it's just he, he purely i mean like that whole scene is it purely exists just to be like
1: like the the one of the fan castings of like oh you know it would be great as Mister Fantastic, John Krasinski from The Office.
0: But but like, listen. I know people make fun of like, oh Tom Cruise. Like, it wouldn't have been the same thing if Tom Cruise was Iron Man. I'm like, I don't know. I think Tom Cruise, like at least <laughs> care would have cared a little more. And I think that's why they didn't. Bring, I feel like that's the real reason why they didn't bring him on because they're like, he cares too much. We we can't we can't have that. We can't have it override the fans clapping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen to anyone who would think. That Tom Cruise wouldn't care. Let me direct you to a little movie called Austin Powers Goldmember. In which there's a whole sequence in which the movie opens with a film adaptation of Austin Powers' life. Directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. And who's playing Austin Powers? Tom Cruise. And what does he do when they they show his face? He goes, yeah baby. (laughs) So I don't want to hear it. He would have been too good. But here's what I'll say with these
0: cameos. They are not long for this world, my friend. Thank goodness. They arrive as quickly as they leave. (laughs) Did you like them? Well, tough cookies, man. They did. Because, like,
1: Wanda is like, I want my kids. And I'm like, go get them, girl. (laughs) No, like, that was, like, I remember when you were, when, I remember, like, hearing about this scene before watching it. And thinking this will probably be the most annoying scene in the movie, because it's like just another Marvel like cameo, like, oh, another like, like, like like it's it felt like like like, oh Sam Raimi could do all this, but like he has to do this just to appease Marvel and do the whole like whatever. So I'm like, okay, let's get through this scene. And so we're getting through the scene, and Wanda proceeds to brutally murder all the cameos, literally all of them, and I'm like yeah! <laughs> Sam Raimi's just like, alright, this is what I'm gonna do. I'll throw your cameos in this movie, but what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna kill all of them. <laughs> I'm gonna throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, these toys are cool. Duh.
0: I don't want you anymore. Like, like... And, oh, ugh. Dude like like so Mr Fantastic becomes spaghetti
1: and there's a little pop. which is which is beautifully silly it's beautifully like uh, like that's the silliest thing John Krasinski does in the whole performance black bolt is
0: his voice is really powerful but she took away his mouth so he implodes his head implodes
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, and it, it makes a popping noise and blood starts coming out of his eye and you're like ah, oh, damn it <laughs> Uh,
0: uh, Captain Carter is sl- <laughs> her body is
1: sliced <laughs> <Placed> in half <laughs> cuz of the shield and then and then Captain Marvel squished by a uh, statue some rubble and then arguably the most brutal death which you don't notice it at first but when you like slow it down holy shit um is uh Charles Xavier that's right Patrick Stewart uh dies in this film and because he's trying to save that universe's Wanda Who's trapped in 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 a in a bunch of rubble? Um, little does he know is that it's a trap, and a bunch of red smoke is coming behind him. Like, mm-hmm. and, which is cool because I feel like in in the X Men movies, like we've seen moments like that where Charles is in people's brains, but I don't feel like it's ever been like that, like elaborate or that like dreamlike necessarily. Mm-hmm. So when the red smoke comes, uh, Wanda looking like a freaking demon pops out, and then. We think she like breaks his neck or something but she actually rips his fi- his whole head in half. Yeah. And like you know and like when you know that you notice it and you don't unnotice it and you're like god damn. God damn. Uh
0: but none of that is as painful as when Doctor Strange sees the time traveler's wife herself. <laughs>
1: Regina from Mean Girls. Rachel McAdams, <laughs> everybody. And that's and listen that I think leads to, I think sort of the the overall like story of the movie is because, or at least Doctor Strange's sort of things that because he's in this movie, he's in this movie, he does things. Um, he's he's the one action figure that Sam Raimi wanted to play with. <laughs> he's like, yeah, actually, I was before we recorded, I was watching the opening scene when he's fighting the giant like eyeball squid thing, which was su- such a fun scene. And I remember the bit when he, like, cuts the bus in half with his, like, magic saw. And then he does a pose. And I'm like, no one else. He wouldn't have done that with anybody else. He wouldn't have just went, ugh. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. that was, I liked the pose. Um, but, like, his whole thing is that, you know, he's 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 trying to make it seem like there's nothing, like, emotionally going on with him. But, in fact, there definitely is. So like constantly through the movie, everyone's like, "Are you happy? Are Are you happy? Because like he he's he's not with anybody. He's alone. He's got Wong, but you know Wong's doing his own thing. Wong's he's the sorcerer supreme. He's got he's got things he's got to take care of. He's got his whole legal stuff that goes on in She Hulk. You know he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> and so Doctor Strange is kind of on his own. And so it's just like, "Are you happy? You've been gone for five years." And he's like, "Yeah." Yeah, what do you mean I'm not? Yeah, I'm happy. And of course the one of the first times he he's asked this is at Rachel McAdams' uh wedding <laughs> to someone else. <laughs> and so like like she's happy, but you know, she definitely sees that there's something going on with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And so when he goes to another universe and sees her again and she's also in that universe not with Doctor Strange, nor does she like actually like love him necessarily um you know he he's thinking like maybe i, I don't know like may, like like he's like 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 he's thinking um or no i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> i just lost my train of thought Ugh. i hate when this happens
0: well because because again like you know she's getting married he's by himself he's got no romantic prospects
1: no none literally zero and so he meets this other one and he he feel he like he's spending more time with with uh with rachel mcadams this other rachel mcadams and it's really just like him starting to process more like am i happy it's like no Mm -mm. you could be content i mean i mean there's just some things you have to accept like a you know someone that you did love doesn't love you back and that's okay You know, they they, they still care about you. I mean, clearly, Rachel McAdams in any universe still cares about him. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, just because you didn't get the girl doesn't mean that that's inherently a bad thing, because she's still happy. Yes. She's still happy. And I think that's something that everybody... That's a good lesson for everybody in life, so even if you don't get the girl you love, as long as she's happy and she's well... I mean that's that's a good thing but also
0: too it's a matter of like dr strange has altered reality for so many times you know and it's just like he he there he hasn't done it quite yet really for like like gots to get the goyle <laughs> <laughs> i mean
1: there's uh, the, there is a point when he's <clears throat> talking to the other um the other rachel mcadams i'm forgetting the character's name palmer christine, christine palmer yeah Um, so like he, he does, he does think maybe she'll want to come back with me, but she's like, that would be nice. But you know, I got my obligations and he's like, that's cool. That's cool. And so, but again, it also could be informed from his whole episode as well of what if again, very important. He has a whole episode, great
0: episode, by the way,
1: genuinely great episode where, Um, he, he's basically, um, trying to alter the past so that his hands never get broken. And then, uh, Christine dies and now he's like, fuck. So now he has to like prevent her death and it it keeps failing. And so like, he's literally doing a million different things to try to alter that and it's not working. And so it's just like, shit. Mm -hmm. It's a good, it's a very good episode.
0: It is. Um... It is, it is a good episode. Uh it was just thing off the top of my head. But also but also um, that doctor our Doctor Strange, the six one six Doctor Strange, um, mm-hmm. is is okay with this. However, we encounter another Doctor Strange uh, who did mess mess around with uh, with the Darkhold and uh he's like i'll give you the dark hold if you give me uh christine
1: i like i like he's like i'll give you the dark hold if you give me your christine and i'm like listen didn't think so (laughs) (laughs) uh and that leads uh, to like the best such a great fight scene too Oh my god the
0: musical notes and everything um that was great
1: it was like fantasia yeah if Fantasia was like an action movie, if Fantasia was an action movie, <laughs> could, could you imagine? Just imagine that. If you've never seen this movie, imagine Fantasia is an action movie. You'll be like, "What could that be?" <laughs> yeah, that was. It's like the one thing. It's like the one part from Fantasia where it's like the strings and it's like music notes. Yeah, like, like the,
0: mo- the more abstract, um, more abstract sequences. But obviously, like. You know, all that's going on, but also, like, there's the concept of dreamwalking where you, like, sort of possess a version of yourself in another reality. They kind of, obviously, Wanda does that, but also, Doctor Strange does that when he inhabits his dead body. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, the best thing in this movie.
1: It's literally like he gets a cloak made of demons that are, like, Doctor Strange! what are you doing I'm, I'm trying to save this girl but you're taking over a dead body you're
0: breaking the laws
1: you're breaking the natural laws of nature <laughs> dr's Dr. like yeah 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 i do this is like another tuesday for me guys stop it this, this, this is fine let's just turn into my cape okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun but it's also really cool too because like you look at like his um benedict cumberbatch's face in those scenes
1: <laughs> and they have makeup yes like he's got makeup which is so cool like it's not a like cg i mean part of it is cg but yeah for sure like like it's it's he's got like a cool makeup effect and oh it's just so fun and he like does like weird ticks because he's like he's like dead yes you know it's oh it's so fun i love and I, I, this is a pretty common thing, and I think Joey knows this very well, like, I love when horror elements are added to silly things. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, Sam Raimi's my bread and butter, essentially, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, just the, the, the whole idea of Doctor Strange as a zombie, like, version of himself with a demon cloak, uh... And, and then you have a silly, like, the, one of the few, like, marvel kind of jokes that works where it's just him showing up and Wong goes, I don't even want to know! <laughs>
0: <laughs> we haven't talked too much about Bene- Benedict Wong, but he's fantastic in everything.
1: He's so good. He's sort of, like, he's sort of becoming, like, the, uh, the sort of, like, supporting character in the greater MCU at the moment because he was in Shang-Chi and he was in uh, She-Hulk and whatnot, and he's always great to see. Um, one of my favorite, like, like, sort of subplots in the movie, um, is because, obviously, at this point, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, as we learn from Spider-Man, because Dr. Strange has been gone for five years, and uh, one of the customs when greeting the Sorcerer Supreme is you bow, and initially, Stephen's like, yeah, I know, I know of it. (laughs) He's like, but you know you could do it. Like, sure, I could. (laughs) (laughs) I could. And, um, so but i also just love their dynamic i think they're great together yeah i love i love that at the end of the movie stephen strange just actually does bow to wong and it's like yes he acknowledges which acknowledges wong supremacy points to the movie for not just shifting it so that doctor strange ends up becoming the sorcerer supreme it's still wong mm-hmm. which i feel like any other movie probably would have tried to do that and it's like no let's keep it wong yes
0: uh but also i love the ending of this movie where he gets the third eye and he's like
1: it's a classic uh sam raimi like just going no we're not gonna end on a high note (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) and he's like going for a walk on the street like everything's fine he just fixed his watch he's like and then oh god (laughs) oh god (laughs) yes
0: yes Again, like, this is, like, what I also like about this movie, it's not, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like, it's like about two hours.
1: Yeah, it is, it is 126 minutes, so it's two hours, six That's minutes. a nice
0: runtime for this kind of movie. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't overstay its welcome, because I feel like there's sometimes or they're like two hours and 20 minutes, sometimes two hours, 30, 240, and I'm just like, mm. guys, there's only so much of, like, the same thing I can take, and... This movie has a nice, like, little variety of different cool things, and it, again, it's just two hours. It's nice and clean, though, like, obviously, the biggest downside with this movie is that it is a continuation of not just Doctor Strange, but, m- honestly, more than Doctor Strange, several other franchises, and I and feel And one
1: like... we had to, one we just remembered in the middle of the whole, this whole conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, so you know it, it's kind of it's just kind of like a good i think a good representation of of the MCU at this point if you're trying to like make a like a sequel to something it's not going to be a sequel to just that movie it is it's going not, to be no. a spin-off of like five other things and then setting up three other things it's
1: it's just it's a lot it's a lot to take in and i mean i mean obviously they there was a previous idea I'm sure with this movie that that they were going to do with Scott Derrickson, but he stepped down, and so they started from scratch with Sam Raimi, and, like, Sam Raimi, I give him so much credit for why this movie works for me, A, and B, also, I I like to think that, you know, he's a good collaborator, so he's probably like, oh, you know, I don't mind working in the the sandbox, but I also want to have the freedom to do my own thing, which it seemed like he was very much given. Yeah. Like... I think that's the thing I like most about this movie is that there's no question when you watch it that it's a Sam Raimi movie. Now, Mm -hmm. is it the best Sam Raimi movie I've ever seen? No. No. Is it even the best Sam Raimi movie um, that's a Marvel movie? No. That would probably be Spider-Man 2, honestly. Um, But you know what? Among the Sam Raimi-directed Disney films starring a color-coded witch, this one's
0: my favorite. (laughs) I think that is a um, a really good note in this part of the conversation on reminding people of Oz the Great and Forgettable, a powerful.
1: Who is he again? I don't remember.
0: Well, uh, in any case, we're going to take a brief intermission and talk about uh, a musician who is definitely not forgettable. Oh yeah, yeah. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about Mom, Multiverse Madness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually—I was
0: actually listening to the Filmcast episode, minor tangent. Filmcast episode, and they called it DS at Mom. <laughs> d- d- uh, DS it Mom. <laughs>
1: oh, I like that. I like that. We go. We, no, I'm going to use that. So, DS at mom. Yeah, but, visitors.
0: Uh, so, um, we're on our second movie for our double feature pairing.
1: Our second feature. Our second 2022 movie. Yeah, this one was... Now, if I didn't make it evident before, the first one was my pick. This one is Joey's pick. Yeah. Um, Joe Dinny Dan, what is this movie you enjoyed from 2022 that you want to talk about right now? <sighs> It's okay. You can you you can do it. Uh huh.
0: <sighs> we are talking about Baz Luhrmann's biopic of the man, the myth, and the extremely problematic pop culture icon, Elvis.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: See, I was thinking about the, in- I, I, problematic. the intro. Problematic. Oh. Thinking about the intro <laughs> where there's like. Ooh, all that. I- Survive
1: Water Brothers, with <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like the bedazzled um <laughs> logos
0: in the beginning.
1: Baz Lerman,
0: Elvis. Um, this one. Uh, a uh, few things uh, with 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 Elvis. Um, what was your? Because I I'm gonna get into my thing in a second. What was your main? Mm reason for watching this other than our i mean could you watch this before our show before mm-hmm. we talked about it doing it as an episode but why did you watch this film
1: you <laughs> I had <that> much power? <laughs> like i'll be completely honest i had no interest in it but then like you know i remember hearing you talk about it and a couple of my friends talk about it and i was like i'll probably check it out at some point um But because if I, like I said, if I'm being honest, like I'm a little burned out with music biopics, like especially after Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, like that one, I feel like, I feel like that one broke the camel's back a little bit because it was like, well, okay, let's take one of the greatest bands of all time, we'll make a movie about them. Okay. Um, but the movie will be so, like, watered down and, the only like genuinely exciting thing about the whole movie will be the end scene when they just recreate a a concert you can watch on youtube yeah and and it's like you could like like listen not to not to say that that scene isn't great because it is Mm -hmm. but if i wanted to watch the live aid concert from queen i'm watching actual queen but if if i'm being honest
0: I'm not watching, I don't feel like watching a cover band in this instance. I'm not going to a theater no. to see a cover band. <laughs> it's like, that movie, that because people are like, oh, because there's all this talk of, like, AI and stuff, it's like, oh man, I wonder what the first AI directed is gonna be like. I'm like, I don't think, I, I think we already have it. It's called
1: Bohemian Rhapsody. Like <laughs> that's what it is. Like, I, I know I, there I do are people
0: what... who worked very hard on that movie, and it and it was very successful, and you know what? That's the other big thing with these biopics too is that it gets young people interested in in the music of these people. Because I know, <laughs> yeah. speaking for myself with Walk the Line, that was my entry point for Johnny Cash, um, who's another and one I of think my favorites.
1: And I think that's a genuinely great thing about these movies is that they can't excuse me that they can introduce uh, like amazing artists that maybe have been massive influence on on groups or singers or performers of today that that people clearly love and you get to learn a little bit about them obviously it's like a cliff notes version of it and there's it's sort of fabricated but at the end of the day like yeah i i do i do agree that you know it's nice you know to it, it was nice when um when like when bohemian rhapsody came out just to be like reminded that i love queen yeah you know, like Queen's an amazing band, um, very unique band, and Freddie mm-hmm. Mercury uh, was an icon. Um, and when it came, to, but but with that movie, I feel like while I did enjoy it at first, I think it definitely teetered off quickly, and it just was like, okay, okay, yeah. And it's just and it's like every music biopic's the same. It's like they have the same structure. It's like we start, we meet off who our central musicians or musician is and they have sort of a troubled past sort of a troubled childhood which leads to them being discovered or becoming famous and then they become super famous and then they become uh you know feel then they start doing terrible things like drugs and alcohol and they fall off the wagon and then and usually it's also them telling the full story especially if the person's dead which isn't the case for this one because elvis obviously passed away uh, years ago mm-hmm. um, contrary to what conspiracy theorists say yeah. he is dead um, and so they condense this this singular person's life into such a short amount of time and then everything feels so watered down because you know like you got because you gotta listen you gotta understand too like rock stars have x-rated lives. <laughs> because they have access to so many things like i think that's why i appreciated things like rocket man for example because rocket man didn't shy away from a lot of that like there is heavy drug use um there is a lot of the 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 drinking and um they also don't shy away from from the obvious the probably the biggest thing with at least elton john is that he was gay Mm -hmm. you know that could have just been like a cliff note for any other person making the movie but it was like no we're gonna shine a light on this and and again I want to reiterate it obviously these people went through some crazy stuff and that's important to them and you know I'm glad that for most of them they were able to get out of that and you know can move on with their lives and you know so I don't want to disparage anyone's actual real experience it's just the way these movies are structured is very the same and very watered down and it's like it gets kind of it gets kind of boring after a while. Cause it's like,
0: it, but it's, it's also, it's, yeah,
1: no, you got it. You got it.
0: It's a formula for general people though, that works. And that's kind yes. of the, the, the thing it's like, again, it's like, almost like talking about a Marvel movie too, where it's like that formula. Like, yes, you might, it might be like, okay, this might be, it's kind of like the other movies, but you know what? People are coming out in droves and they're coming out. Uh, they're coming out. And for this one, people did. Now it wasn't, This didn't have, like, the biggest opening weekend, Elvis. It opened to, like, $30 million, but it went on to gross over $280 million worldwide. It had legs. It hit legs, and that's really, that's a really respectable gross for a movie that's, I know you were talking about how, like, okay, like, younger people might like Austin Butler, but, like, let's face it, on paper, this movie is targeted at my grandparents. (laughs) It is! It is. You know? No,
1: I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that, but I think it also helps that they do have someone like Austin Butler. Absolutely. Who like our generation and people younger grew up with because of like his stints on uh, Disney channel or like CW, which he's done mm-hmm. a few jobs there. Yeah. And I'm glad he's been able to get bigger roles and he's clearly shown that he deserves them because he's fantastic. Um, but I think, there was the one other point I did want to make is that um, the the other the only other thing that probably keeps me away from biopics is that there's always like not all of them but for the most part there's like an agenda, yeah. Because because it's like like in the case of not to keep bringing up Bohemian Rhapsody but like in the case of Bohemian Rhapsody, yes Freddie Mercury was dead, but the other members specifically Roger Taylor and Brian May are still alive and they have final say over what the Queen movie is going to be, yeah. And so. And that's the case for all these guys, like like the last thing they want is to any for anything to get too personal, even though like they're musicians. and I'm not to say not to say that they should have to tell their personal stories, but if they want to make a movie about their lives,' just saying. Um, but i think I think what made this one stand out because like I said, I did watch it because I'd heard that this movie is I heard that like the selling point for me. Specifically, outside of of your uh, glowing endorsement, uh, some friends' glowing endorsement, is that this movie was compared to Speed Racer, and you've now seen Speed Racer, so you know what I'm talking about. I can,
0: yeah, and I can I can kind of I can kind of see that. Yeah,
1: because like like this movie is insane.
0: <laughs> well, we should also bring up this is a Baz Luhrmann movie whose yes. whose movies are kind of insane when you watch them. Um, one of the most interesting filmographies, I think. Um, I think the only movie of his I haven't seen is Simply Ballroom, but... was that his first one. I think that was his first one. Romeo Romeo and Juliet, okay? With Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Claire Danes, where it's a modern-day setting, but <laughs> they're they quoting it, like, as if it was it, the actual text. Like, so verbatim, they, text, so they, yeah. Their guns are referred to as
1: swords. <laughs> like... I... I <laughs> I remember cuz I haven't seen the movie in full but I remember watching a clip in class when we were reading Romeo and Juliet when I was in high school. And the bit of like Jamie Kennedy biting his thumb like like at the beginning of the story. Yeah. The, of the play. And it's like it felt so weird but I was like, "Oh hey, like in the
0: <laughs> Yes. like in
1: the thing. But but like his aesthetic
0: though is perfectly s- summarized in that movie where it's like there's a church and there's like lights. It, it it's like bright light, bright like bulby, like not like you know oh, heaven, but like the glow of like almost like like bulbs and neon, like a
1: backstage mirror,
0: like a backstage right, like thank you, like a backstage mirror, and I think that perfectly summarizes like Baslerman's aesthetic. Um, I agree. And with again, that. of course, Moulin Rouge, which is a, oh, I do like that movie. I got to watch it again. It's been a very long
1: that one's time. that one. I think is the one I hear about the most. I think that one's probably the one that people love the most arguably that pr- that probably
0: makes sense yeah because i mean yeah. australia is i don't think it's anybody i don't think, I don't think it's anybody's favorite <laughs> movie i saw it in theaters I mean,
1: it's australia Yeah, you know. Austra- australia it's a- is cool the cut co- like the place the, the continent, continent is cool. the
0: island the country <laughs>
1: um uh australia outside of the massive bugs australia two points
0: <laughs> two points um <laughs> and then great gatsby which i did like and it was one of those movies where where I looked at Leo and I'm like I'm not the biggest Leo fan as it's been documented, but I'm like this is such a perfect role for him, it, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> and he got to make a movie with his best friend.
0: Yes, so so um, that was nice. And uh, the other is that thing with like Baz Luhrmann is like just recontextualizing like like popular hits and music. Um, so like when you watch great Gatsby, cause it's the roaring twenties and you're trying to make this an updated thing for modern audiences, they have, you know, more modernized music to sort of mm. capture what those people were feeling, how we would might relate to their feelings back then, which doesn't right. work for everybody, but it is an interesting technique. Same, similar thing happened. Like they recontextualized songs in, in Moulin Rouge. Uh, I love their version of, of Roxanne. It's fantastic um and i think this movie does that in a number of instances right here
1: hound dog
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you
1: ain't nothing about a hound dog so i'm like i'm like
0: okay and but i'm sure that there's like a young person there are young people watching this that are going like ooh, that that's probably their their brain is making that subconscious connection like that's how they're feeling that's how they're feeling yeah. at this moment and i can connect with that um i did want to bring up just one thing talk about myself for a second before we get it okay movie, all right but
1: let's but do it i guess i think this is important because i asked you talk about joey story, uh, yeah.
0: for me now <laughs> i'm just gonna start right off the bat with this because um because it's a big topic with this movie and that's the cultural appropriation of elvis mm-hmm. and his brand of rock and roll um which i've found a few which, yeah i was say, that was just a big talking point especially when the movie came out especially when the movie came out um now this movie, this movie is not not about the cultural appropriation of that. Like it's it's not the main, but it is it 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 does show like this is the origin point of his music. So I did appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. and th- it's actually a really complicated topic. Um, and I'm gonna post some articles in the description that I found kind of useful in reading about it because it's like okay yeah if this dude were black. He would not have been nearly as successful. It's kind of ridiculous that he is considered the king of rock and roll. That's sort of, disc- almost in a way, you're erasing a lot of accomplishments. And this happens a lot in, ju- not just music, but like in all sorts of fields where it's like, this person was the mm-hmm. first person to do this. And it's like, it's a little more complicated than that. There's yeah influences and it's it's kind of like when you ask, okay, who invented the movies?
1: I mean, you could, you could, you could say like a lot of things though. I feel like, are you asking me actually? Cause I don't have no, an answer. No, I'm just,
0: no, it's, no it's, more, <laughs> like, it's more of a rhetorical, more of a rhetorical question, of course, like, because that's a more complicated question. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but like with the case of Elvis, you know, there are a lot of like, you know, little Richard, BBK, all these, uh, mom, mm-hmm. like, all, all these legends that they also present, present some of them in this movie. You know, which I did appreciate, but it's also a matter of like, obviously, people want because there are people who are like, okay, I I, exp- I want this story to be told, but again, this is a popular, this is a popcorn kind of movie that's not going to be told. But I'm gonna, I wanted to, we're not the best people to talk about this stuff, so I wanted to post no. some articles in the description and at least bring light to that um, no, end like, of it. Like,
1: like I like we talked about it a little bit after we watched Elvis, just sort of the like, because again a lot of stuff comes from somewhere and it does, you know, like, like, especially in pop culture, you know, it's, it's when you really dig into it so much of so many things that you love has come from somewhere. Um, and it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing when you, when you're like, Oh, okay. So this is this person taking the culture of this person Mm -hmm. and using it for entertainment reasons. Yeah. It it's, it's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun at all. But it's it's again. It's just, like Joey said. We're probably not the best people to talk about this. We, we really aren't the best people to talk about. No, this. we're not. Um, but it is it is just an inherent thing about I think art in general with anything is you know it's it, you sh- it's good to know the backstory and the history of things, and then you as the individual determine how you feel about it and how you want to move forward with that. Yes, I think that's the ultimate thing because like again everything comes from somewhere and the the best thing you could do is say, okay, so-and-so did this, but does that mean that I need to stop doing that? Maybe, maybe it doesn't. You know, I think context matters.
0: I, I think what we're, we're trying to say here is that, you know, it's worth lo- taking a look into these things, um, you know, but this is a very long winded me- thing of me prefacing that, but by also saying, I fucking love Elvis. Like, the the as an icon, the music. You have sideburns. I have sideburns. <laughs> I, for fifth grade, I dressed up as Elvis. "Suspicious Minds" is probably my favorite song of all time. I listen to Elvis regular, pretty regularly. I don't watch too many of his. I've seen like "Viva Las Vegas" and I've seen "Jailhouse Rock." They're they're fine. There are probably other ones I should probably you know be checking out. But like as an as like I as like a cop, pop culture icon, it's like looking at like Mickey Mouse. It's just a very, like, it's just a great image, like, his his persona on stage, his voice, the music, like, you
1: mm-hmm. know, it was, like, sorry. I was just saying. Uh, ironically enough, Mickey also has <laughs> an interesting history, but again, it doesn't matter. That Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so, just one, I, mean, to, listen, I thought that I mean, was, listen, it's, hey, a, it's, other, it's a worthy comparison, by the way.
0: But in the other day, the other day, I found out the Cat in the Hat has roots in minstrel performances, Mm-hmm. I just found that out not that long ago. <laughs> it's it insane. Ch- it changes everything and it just shows you <laughs> just just like like how ingrained all this stuff. Because I remember when the Dr. Seuss stuff, now we're getting a Dr. Seuss tangent, when the Dr. <laughs> Seuss, there was like some of the stuff where they decided to pull from like print the Dr. Seuss books that were pretty controversial, mm-hmm. Um, you know, had some imagery that was not great and people were asking about Cat in the Hat and I'm like, why are people, and I looked it up and I'm like. Oh, my oh! God. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't unsee it. Um,
1: and I have a copy of The Cat in the Head uh, in my room somewhere <laughs> the book. Uh, <laughs> Watch it appear somewhere. Like, it just falls out of the, the closet or something. Like, the door's closed! How'd you do that? <laughs> but I just point being, this movie,
0: I knew I was going to see this movie. Because mm-hmm. Elvis, his music means a lot to me. You know? Um, and... The trail. I saw the tra- I've seen the trailer probably a hundred times at this point. It's a great trailer.
1: I do remember you watching the trailer a lot, I think. I think like, cause there was always like, like a handful of different trailers that you would watch like on repeat. I think these days it was for a hot second. It was the Indiana Jones trailer. I don't know if that's still the case, but I know you watch it a bunch of times. When that one I did watch out. it.
0: I, I do watch like trail. I have a whole trailer playlist. So I watched the trailer for, um, um, sorry, the untouchables, quite a bit mm-hmm. um, but Elvis okay so um, with all that background put to the side this is the story of Elvis but also the story of his manager the colonel Colonel Tom Parker as portrayed by Tom Hanks and as my note oh. states as my note states it was the best of Hanks it was the worst of Hanks this
1: is the tale of two Hanks
0: it it is um it, it it is it is so bizarro bad and it co- becomes enjoyable i quote him constantly
1: oh yeah i mean there's some iconic memeable moments uh, from him i mean obviously the the probably the most famous one is the 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 white scene yes where just to, just to just to put some context to it this, this is at the beginning of the movie and uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who's narrating the whole movie for us, uh, is at the circus and he's with Hank Snow and his kid and, like, they're getting their sh- their-, their snow job ready. Uh. Um, and they're like, we need an opening act. And um, Cody Smith McPhee, who's the son of Hank Snow, uh, was playing this hot new record that's been going around and all the kids are listening to it. And they're like, this sounds like um this sounds like the kind of music we can't be having on our show or nothing like you turn that racket off and 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 uh like tom hanks is like you know like saying something about like like black singers or whatever and like oh like you know he might be hot but you know like that's a that's a label that is mostly black artists so we're not going to deal with that and then that's when cody cody smith is like but that's the thing he's white his delivery is
0: underrated (laughs) Like, it's like obviously every like tom hanks like doing he's he's white he's, he's white
1: and then it's just like zoom ins and fast cuts and like people listening and you're just hearing uh elvis playing a song and then just he's white
0: <laughs> the way you like touch your mustache it's like it's like he is like a villain like twirling his bust his metaphorical he's mustache
1: white.
0: Um, but basically that starts this, this, this journey, um, like the first hour and a half, I want to say is basically other than stylistic flourishes of Baz Lerman, it's typical biopic stuff, yeah. but like on speed, like, <laughs> like, like, when, when, like you think like, oh, when this guy's introduced to like drugs, right? Like you think, oh my God, that's going to be like a big moment that takes up like five minutes. No, it takes no. like 12 <laughs> seconds when he gets it's the like, pill just two whole scenes like, it's like it, it's like they put the pet back in your step and it's like what
1: <laughs> and then it's like Graceland
0: yes so he's got Graceland his mom his mom is doesn't want him to, to be with the colonel his mom's drinking
1: his mom dies calls him booby sad booby there's 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 a lot of moments where his mom's looking at him and you're like is uh, is there something going on there
0: um you know and then El- like Elvis goes to the army Elvis comes back.
1: <laughs> he he meets Priscilla. Yep. Um, there is a, like like with the cultural appropriation thing and that whole discussion. There is that whole like you were saying. Uh, she is ten years younger than him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they meet, she's like a teenager and he's in his twenties. And they make they make one mention of it later in the film when he's like, "You're forty and I'm 50
0: Yeah, basically. <sighs> That's something the only time like they could really do that. Because, yeah. like, listen again, Richard. This is a movie, as stylistic as it is, and as weird as it gets. Sometimes they know who their audience is. Yeah, like fifty year old wine, fifty plus year old wine moms uh, <laughs>
1: drinking drinking their cabernets and their moscatos <laughs> Like ladies, this, ladies, this Elvis tip, boy, with through. so much. <laughs> please do i i i
0: enjoy it when that happens tip your servers in general but uh especially Mm. richard um so thinking thinking about like again like it's that's kind of the interesting thing with this movie like the first hour and a half is the typical biopic and then the last hour is what i feel like the movie either really wanted to be about or should have been about
1: which is um the the his performances in las vegas as a as a performer at the international, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like after his success, he, he does, you know, shows and he does all of his movies. He has his movie career. Um, Tom Colonel, the Colonel's like, you know, we need to sell merch. You need to be family friendly. And Elvis is like, I want to be me and play the music that makes me happy. And, uh, he, and we also see like, uh, some moments where he's reacting to stuff going on in the world like the death of martin luther king uh death of uh, robert kennedy and uh when he meets the red ranger from the power rangers movie from 2017 and he's like tell me honestly (laughs) where do you boys see my career at right now it's in the toilet elvis (laughs) <laughs> you hear that Jerry? Like that that's like your favorite
0: scene in any movie this year, Richard. You almost can't it's, convince me otherwise.
1: It's just fun. To, it's just the whole the whole back and forth is just great.
0: The whole setup is 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 great, but I also um, d- d- quickly like i love the the 68 comeback special where like the colonel wants it to be like a family-friendly like cr- christmas day. oh he's gonna sing here come
1: sandy claus it's like, at the end of all of this there will be a christmas song or or you will or we will be fired <laughs> and then he just walks out and he's like we're lost in a cloud <laughs>
0: that's great um and just like it's just that whole oh, it's so great but i also i also love when he's just like we, we need to get rid of all this make a note we're gonna keep all this people all... <laughs>
1: <We're gonna> keep... <laughs> like make sure he's not wearing leather uh, is he wearing leather good because uh... <laughs> he's supposed to be like <laughs>
0: advertising these sweaters <laughs> <laughs> but it also makes you think of like here like Elvis's Christmas songs in a very different way now because you're just like
1: <laughs> it so does because like it's funny because I think most of the time outside of maybe like a handful of songs or Lilo and Stitch when I think of Elvis I do think of like his rendition of like various Christmas songs or Blue Christmas especially um, Blue Christmas for sure um and so it's just it's just funny and then of course Austin Butler finally sang a Elvis Christmas song on SNL. Not long yes. ago. So that, like, Colonel Tom Parker, Tom Hanks, you finally got your wish. Just saying. Yes. Uh, um, so after after all that, uh, Elvis is like, I want to go international. I want to travel the world and play all these different venues Japan. across the world. I want to go to Japan. Uh, I want to have a good time and meet those fans. And Colonel Tom Parker's like, well, we can't go international, but I, we can go to the international. Ah?
0: Ah? Ah? just six weeks in and out.
1: <laughs> and so, basically, like, this is at a point when Elvis is, like, you know, thinking about firing Tom Parker because, you know, like, there's just been a lot of push from him to, to, ch- to pivot or change. And Elvis is like, I don't want to do that because clearly I'm successful when I'm myself. Right. And so... Uh, and there's obviously a lot of pushback. The, I think there's one of the biggest things with this movie too is that there's this mystery because we don't necessarily know that Tom Parker, and nor does he admit ever that Tom Parker is actually not who he says he is. Like his name's not Tom Parker. He's not a colonel. He never served in the military. He's not even American, which was obvious. Um, but uh, Elvis doesn't know. N- no, not a lot of people on his crew know, and so. You know through the course of the movie they're slowly learning that he is actually not who he says he is in more ways than one and so at a point before he learns everything elvis is like i want to i don't want to work with him anymore and so he basically comes to elvis and he's like what if we, what if i can get you a show at this new hotel at the international uh and you can basically do whatever you want it could be your show and he's like i want a 30-piece orchestra I need these 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 specific background singers. We're gonna get to the real soul and the real spirit of of the kind of music that I like and we're gonna go for it. And so he plays uh an amazing show in Las Vegas and in the midst of all that the guys that own the international go up to Tom Parker and they're like, Hey, hey, if you get him to do a couple more shows, we can pay him five million dollars, which he probably deserved more, honestly. Uh, he's like, we'll give him $5 million. He's like, that's what my boy would have asked for. He's like, also for you, how about we cancel all of your debt that you have because you have a gambling problem, and we give you an unlimited supply of credit because you have a gambling problem. And he's like, fuck, I need that. Yeah. I need that I'm, so badly. I, I mean, <laughs> what this
0: this like, especially this last chunk of the movie goes... It's really about the the exploitation of artists, you yes. know, really, and um, it, it was kind of an interesting angle for for this one to to go about it from because I don't I don't think about too many of those like too many biopics off the top of my head go into that side because like because again Elvis is such a huge icon but like the Colonel really took advantage really took advantage.
1: I th- I think it helps that the movie's perspective is not from Elvis's perspective. I mean, Elvis is the main character, right? But it's told from Tom Parker's perspective, which is kind of funny because he's kind of like an unreliable narrator. Because he's like, oh, "Yeah, but
0: I was a good guy," <laughs> even oh, though he's, he's good- literally like a must. He's like, they call him a blood sucking vampire, and I'm like, listen, if I had made this movie, he would literally be a vampire.
1: <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I don't suck blood. <laughs> I and know. then like
0: Elvis would get the help of like Van Hell. It also helps too that Count Dracula is also in this movie. This is true. Our one of Richard Roxburgh plays Elvis's diane. One of our
1: uh Hall of Fame characters. Uh Richard Roxburgh's Dracula is in this film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as as And Elvis so is dad, Carl. And so is Carl from Van Helsing, David Wyndham. Um but like this last chunk of the movie was great because obviously you get to see Elvis in the in like where like the crazy outfits, the capes you know, obviously saying Suspicious Minds, and I got emotional in the theater when I saw that, because I was like, this is the closest thing I'll get, really, to, like, an Elvis concert, you know? Because you think about, mm-hmm. like, oh, are, are, people are like, oh, what are some artists that you would love to see a concert of? People talk about David Bowie, obviously, you know, everybody in Queen, the Beatles, and for me, Elvis is probably at the top of that list, like, seeing a, uh, seeing a show with Elvis, um, you know, and... It it was just, like, so great to see, like, and Austin Butler, like,
1: we said, but he is so good in this movie. we, We haven't dived too much into that, I think, like, but he is very good in the movie. And it's an underrated thing because, like, Elvis, Elvis's persona is such a meme,
0: memed persona at this point. It is so uber iconic that, like, it's hard to make it, hard to believe that he was a person. like elvis is
1: elvis is a myth yeah elvis elvis the the performer is a myth elvis the person we only know so much about it feels like like we know things obviously because you know there's uh, you know the information's out there but the i feel like the myth is what's perpetuated more like i was mentioning earlier like the the myth of people thinking he's not dead Mm -hmm. um like the you know, whatever I like the sad part is like whenever I think of Elvis, I don't think of like like I guess the classical version of Elvis Elvis, I always think of like the end of the year's Elvis, which yeah, seems the, to be the most constant. Like the overweight with the sequin jumpsuit. Um and so like Elvis has left the building. Oh like that like everything about that. that bam, all, bam. Bah bah. Bah. Like like you think of Las Vegas, you think of Christmas, you think of he's not dead. Like all these things, like play into the the myth that is Elvis Presley. But it's like this was a real dude. Uh, but it it's, was it's also like, yeah, but
0: it's also like think about like Marilyn Monroe too. Where same we think, thing. think yeah. About like the icon, and it's like you know there's a real
1: person there. Like like this is like Norma Jean is a real person. <laughs> like like it's it's I know it's wild to think about, but it's true. But yeah. yeah, in the case of Elvis, he is sort of like you know it's funny I I liken him to like King Tut in many respects and not even just the fact that like his personal effects and his whole house has become a museum <laughs> which makes me think of if uh steve ha- steve martin did uh, uh the king tut song he could do an elvis song it would be exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> he died for tourism <laughs> Elvis, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of doing like the the egyptian hand thing that he does he would just do like the cape the wiggle or like the wiggle do the wiggle but austin
0: butler like because obviously be one thing to just be like an elvis impersonator but he really like Mm -hmm. channeled the energy and i believed for that two and a half hours that he was elvis like there's a part where it could have just been a really goofy moment where he's just like um you know they say i shot my mama and smoked marijuana and it's (laughs) like but he the way he delivers it it's like he is it's not just like okay tee hee hee it's Elvis's voice but it's like he is upset about these accusations and I'm like I see a performance despite the fact that Elvis is just this larger than life thing.
1: Here's okay here's a question I have for you cuz I feel like you have probably more experience with this than I do but like mm-hmm. it should be noted that Elvis is is been portrayed a lot. Yeah. Like like the character has shown up in various movies there's been movies about Elvis prior to this where would you put Austin Butler amongst these other people pretty high
0: I mean you know it's it's a tricky thing because like you know we have the recordings and stuff so we could just you know whatever and I feel like this is the first real time that we've had like a true like Kurt Russell did that um John Carpenter thing thing back in the day Mm-hmm. Bubba Hotel, you know, all all this, all this stuff that's happened, you know. But this was, like, really, like, the first, like, real, like, okay, this is a movie, this is a movie about Elvis. And we're doing a movie about, you know, it's, like, yeah. a straight-up, more of a straight-up biopic.
1: It almost feels like maybe it's the difference between Austin Butler just actually just trying to play a character, like, a person for this movie versus, like, say, Jack White and Dewey Cox playing, like, his version of Elvis in that movie. Right. Where he's just, like... Uh, talking about how good he is at karate, <laughs> like, <laughs> like look out, man! You didn't see that chop coming, you didn't. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> like, like it's that it's this whole thing. It's so funny, but um, but like I mean, it, it does because I guess sorry, I, no, I no. guess my my whole thing was that like it does seem like more or more or less the the performances and in, in the past have been more like caricatures. Yeah, and it less seems of, like, like that a performance and that's not to diminish what everybody else has done who has played Elvis and has tried to play him sincerely, but this does feel the most sincere as far as I've seen. So I was curious where you sort of landed on that.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I like admittedly, I don't have a lot of experience with, with that side side of things, but I mean, I think pr- like the, like Priscilla and, and Lisa, like his kids, kids and grandkids like watching this. They're like, wow, you know, like it was, it was kind of an unreal experience, you know, for them Um, so, and I think, I mean, if they they nail, like, Austin Butler, great job, you know, like, I'm excited for you in in Dune, uh, part two.
1: I hope, and I've said this to you before, I hope his career matches something like Ryan Gosling's, or like, or like, even like DiCaprio, and that, I if you, unless he wants to do these kinds of movies, that's fine, but like, I don't want him to do like, superhero movies, or like, I want him to just do like, movies, I want him to become like, just that uh, that guy who shows up in movies periodically. They're like, oh, I love him. I'm going to see him in this movie.
0: Uh, which is interesting to say that because you know he's interested in Captain Marvel Jr. and the idea of like, there's like a superhero. Um, you know, just so, so... It's also kind of like a tragic superhero movie at the same time as well because it has got a massively talented dude uh who is taken advantage of. And mm-hmm. Tom Hanks really has like the energy of like a villain in it, like a like a Richard Donner <laughs> Superman movie. Uh,
1: not to not to, like compare like it, it, I feel like it's got the same energy somewhat because it makes me think of like um not to bring this up unfortunately after what we've already learned but like uh, Al Pacino and Dick Tracy. Yes, like like the heavy makeup and the and the overacting and like just like the craziness of the performance, like like I feel like like Tom Hanks looked at who was involved in this and looked at, you know, what was happening and looked at the makeup he was going to wear, and he's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I think I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think I'm going to go a little, I'm going to do a little extra.
0: Yeah. Um. But I think, again, Austin Butler, too, it just feels like there's life in his performance as well. Because sometimes when you're like, I feel like in some biopics, it feels like you're like, you have to be like a portrait of this character. And it feels like it's a very stilted kind of thing. But he's like, Amazing. Obviously, he does some of his own his own singing, and then as the movie goes on, it's more and more of Elvis's um, recordings yeah. and, and all that kind of thing. But like, that's pretty. Cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, like when you like, listen to him yeah. sing "Trouble," you know, especially because Elvis is a very is a very distinct, um, very distinct voice too.
1: It very because he's got that like rockabilly sort of vibe. You're looking for trouble. dun dun on dun, dun, dun You came to the right place. Da 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 Green um,
0: mountain. <laughs> <laughs> not very good. But anyway,
1: that was I'm no. Gonna, what, that was solid. I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give you that. That was solid. You might not like it. I thought it was solid. Thank you. Um, but anyway, you were but, saying. No. Um. But yeah. Like. Like Elvis is. Like it's all part of the myth. You know. He's so distinct. He's so specific. But I think what Austin Butler does is, he he shows the 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 personal side like he like he shows this as a dude and i think it helps too because of the way the stories especially in that latter half because we're seeing colonel tom parker take advantage and exploit like you know he sees something that uh that he's doing it's again it's funny enough you can almost compare it like to not to bring this up again but like the fact that a lot of elvis's sound and his style comes from a very specific place, like, comes from, like, B.B. King, but he, they even make this in the movie that, like, he never acknowledges that he's the king. He's like, no, this guy's the king. Right. Yeah. Like, these people are the king. You know, I, I, you know, and, like, even the characters in the movie are like, you know, you, you think they're gonna arrest you for wiggling? They would probably arrest me, but they wouldn't arrest you. Like, B.B. King's like, they're, they would definitely arrest me, but you, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they know they'll make money off of you. Whereas, like, Tom Parker... in in a lot of ways is similar to that but he's he's conniving he's sneaky he's like he's clearly got a hidden agenda he's not telling the whole story sure he's he's exploiting the 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 some the natural talents that elvis has at being a showman and performing the songs that he can do and and being a natural musician that he was and then you have tom parker just like I'm going to make money off of this. He's, he's, he's like, I want you to be a part of my snow job, but the snow job he's doing is on Elvis Mm -hmm. this whole damn time. And you know, there was, there was some pushback and there was some things that Elvis noticed throughout the course of this, but he never knew the full extent of it. And then, so when we get to that scene at the end of the movie where Elvis is just collapsed, which is also like where the movie starts, like he, he just collapsed. He's covered in sweat He's drunk. He's drugged. And he goes on stage, and this is after he's learned that Colonel Tom Parker's not who he says he is. And he just lets it all out. (laughs) He's
0: like, fuck the international.
1: (laughs) Fuck the international. Fuck Las Vegas. You're fired! You're fired! You're fired! Lord have mercy I know we talked about trying to incorporate that So hopefully that worked
0: that, That's um, amazing
1: Truly amazing if, uh, if you need to add a sound effect to that That's okay <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: But both of these movies Are, are very similar In that, that like there's no doubt that Multiverse of Madness is a Sam Raimi, is a Sam Raimi directed production, and that the this Elvis movie is a Baz Luhrmann movie, like with the crazy, the crazy editing, the 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 the, the, the style, the, the style, the production design, the production design, and like the overall style of Elvis is extraordinary. There are shots. Where I, I, I don't, I'm not even like thinking this is a movie shot in like the 2020s. It's like it looks like a shot like 1967 or what, whatever. In some shots, um, which doesn't really happen because sometimes it looks like they're like cosplaying that era sometimes. But it's like the look of it actually like really works. Um, but like the, the styles are great. There's some great performances and some wacky villainous performances, whether it be Elizabeth Olsen or Tom Hanks.
1: I, I think you and I can agree. That like as much as we love Elizabeth Olsen in, in other roles, as much as we love Tom Hanks in other roles, seeing them and seeing them as villains, there's something particularly exciting about that.
0: They're they're very good at it, um, and I think these performances in particular have captured our imaginations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, like like we look at Tom Hanks in this movie, and it's just like, listen, I love I love all these other movies he's done. They're great. I have a good time with them. Damn. <laughs> Just seeing him as like a sneaky like penguin like villain with his cane and his snow jobness like 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 it's so fun and it's ridiculous. Did you ever see um, Cloud Atlas? I did. Yeah. So like Tom Hanks
0: in that movie. It
1: makes Yeah, me- like 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 it's like Tom Hanks in that movie but like times 10. Yeah. And it's like Though I will say the the one the one villain he did play in that movie where he was like like the racist uh, like like he worked like on the ship or whatever yes in that whole segment like that like that was sort of like the same ballpark like heavy makeup just like you know chewing the, cap, <laughs> chewing the
0: scenery and all that yeah like
1: like listen I love Tom Hanks and other things but as a villain it's just so fun I
0: mean that's why I think Woody is an extraordinary character not saying Woody's a villain. But he's a character who who doesn't always do the right thing.
1: No, he's in, he technically he's antagonistic in the first he, movie. He is antagonistic
0: in the first one for sure, for sure. Mm.
1: Yeah, you know, turns out it's Tom Hanks between Tom Hanks and Tim Allen that were like be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it's the other way around. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. think I like you were saying like you know there's no there's no doubt that this is Baz Luhrmann and Sam Raimi. Uh, at the helm with these movies. And yeah, like again, there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. We could talk about the fact that you couldn't understand Doctor Strange without having seen like a million other Marvel things, which is unfortunately true. Um and then like obviously in the case of Elvis, you know, he wasn't like a perfect person. He had flaws obviously and But also
0: it's a biopic, so it has to go over his whole But also that was the other note I wanted to say. So obviously, I was the youngest person in my Elvis screening cuz Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people, older people like Elvis. Somebody went to the bathroom, and they came back, like, five minutes later, and they missed, like, 50 things. They missed, like,
1: a whole, like, his teenage years, basically. Oh,
0: oh yeah. <laughs> now, now, now he's 40.
1: What? what? What happened? God damn it. But, no, like, yeah, like, they have to cram so much, and they sort of gloss over certain aspects of his life, which obviously the internet will will bring to light. And as it, I mean, again, it is worth noting that these are things that Elvis, that are in Elvis's life, like you know, the age gap and the cultural appropriation. But at the end of the day, I think what is, what makes these movies stand out is the fact that they're they're such entertainment to watch and they're reminders of how you could do these types of movies and, and do them well and you can have a good time with it and in the case of in case of Doctor Strange, like I think, the shining star is definitely Sam Raimi and um, bringing a sense of silliness and and great color grading, <laughs> um, and just like like sort of bringing back that comic book vibe that I feel like the MCU has sort of missed for a long time, and also for once giving Elizabeth Olsen something to do and something amazing to do, and she does such a great job at it, and I love it so much. Just her being. As villainous as she can be it's so fun um and then with uh with elvis you know like this movie feels as larger than life as elvis was in 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 uh his performances
0: that's a good way to praise it yeah
1: and i think i think baz Luhrmann, like it's fun because there's a there's a scene in the movie where elvis talks about like you know this is before his death scene at the end of the movie that he never got to make the big hollywood movie and almost feels like this is baz Luhrmann going i got you my friend uh, this is this
0: is your big Hollywood movie.
1: This is your big Hollywood movie. We're going to get the best people involved, um, and they got Austin Butler, who was by far the best part of this whole movie outside of maybe Tom Hanks, and he's incredible in the role. And I, I again, I hope if he does do like a superhero movie, that's great. I'm happy for him. I'll watch it, and I'll, he'll probably be fantastic in it. Or like any sort of franchise type thing. Dune is the closest one he's doing right now, but. At the end of the day, I do hope uh, that Austin Butler has a bright and shining career, and uh, I think he's earned it. I think it'll be exciting to see what he does next. Um, I think I think the overall thing... Like, would you agree that 2022 with movies has been... Because, act- like, I kind of like a lot of movies that came out this year.
0: 2022 had, had some, like, really cool movies. And some really cool, like, movies that weren't, like, the typical... Some of them, like, the, like what we think of as, like... Like, obviously... You know, big movies were big, right? Obviously, you yeah. Know, superheroes movies made money, but there were some some fun. I mean, Doctor Strange was a crazy, you know, superhero movie for for the MCU. You know, and the Batman, mm-hmm. the Batman made me like, oh, I'm excited for Batman movies again. What that
1: was that was my favorite thing about it is that Joey loved it.
0: <laughs> uh, um, nope was
1: amazing. I mean, there's so many movies. Nope, La- is, dude.
0: Nope. How many times have we been quoting Glass Onion in the last like three days?
1: I think, I think Glass Onion is the predefinite film <laughs> amongst the 2022 uh, films that I've watched this year. Richard,
0: can we just abbreviate this moment in film of 2022? <laughs>
1: uh, it's, 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 it's the reclamation, you know? Of, of everything. <laughs> of everything. All at once. <laughs> Which, again, like everything, ever all at once. That movie has such a journey honestly like it's like like it came out like it was this little movie but it had such a big exciting idea about it and then it like became the highest grossing a24 movie made tons of money um we got to see michelle yo just and we got to see kikui kwan who's getting awards now he's getting some awards which is he's well deserved yes well deserved um that movie is incredible uh, and then, obviously, we watched Avatar recently, which uh, I know we we have like spoiler alert. We we did a special presentation recording with our friend Wykey, which we'll we'll have out at some point. Um, and uh, spoiler alert, I actually did see the movie twice in theaters, <laughs> which uh t- i I maybe still surprises joey to this day <laughs> it's probably the
0: biggest ringing endorsement this movie will ever get honestly like oscars psh, golden globes psh, highest grossing movie psh, but richard saw it more than once in a theater voluntarily
1: i did, I did. um i saw it i saw it, i had a special setup initially and then the second time i saw it in the morning and it was me and two other people in the theater and uh it that was, sounds like your ideal, <laughs> ideal like, environment. <laughs> it was perfect, dude. I walked in that theater and I was like, wow, there's only two people and no one else showed up. Well, no, okay. No, there was, there was, there was two more people that showed up. It was this older couple that showed up. So I was like, okay, I could deal with that. But they were far away from me too. So that was great. Um, but no, like I, I, I do feel like there's a lot of movies that came out this year that I'm like. I, th- I feel like these are the, the, a lot of these are movies that I'll probably watch a lot over the course of my life like like I think
0: about like um I know we'll probably make a post about like some of our favorite movies um and just like our like, our own personal like not our own post top ten but also like collective two dudes top ten um but but I mean like I think about banshees of Ina was fanta- like fantastic um this year the Northmen which was a while ago that was great fable <laughs> um you know. <laughs> Uh, beast beast i was gonna mention beast
1: man beast Freaking, <laughs> what a movie like like it's like we're gonna give you idris elba fighting a lion all right you sold me it's... and then it's like it's more than that like it's 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 got tension are you kidding me like it sounds like an snl like
0: sketch movie <laughs> and it ends up being good it's like
1: this is actually quite good what what <laughs> <laughs> what and then, like, there's, like, so many great horror movies, too. Like, Barbarian. Oh, yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? That, that's really
0: the only way you can describe it. I know people enjoyed Terrifier 2, which, what a success story. $250,000 movie has made millions. And it was a sequel. <laughs> it was a sequel.
1: Like, Crazy. like, how many people even knew there was a first Terrifier? I don't know.
0: That's, uh, shout, shout out to um, uh, Anthony Papetti, my buddy. Uh, I know he's a fan. He's a fan of those. <laughs> um, I hope.
1: I hope to watch them someday. Yes. Uh, uh, folks, and then, like, like yeah. the. Oh, sorry. I was gonna no. say, like, then there's like the like the X and Pearl, which was great. And then I gotta uh, still watch those. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Just 2022 in general. Like, I, I, I gotta be honest. Like, I, I thought it was a pretty solid year. If I'm being there's a lot of genuinely exciting things that came out this year.
0: Like. Like it was also one of those rare years where like some of the some of the bi- some of the biggest movies this year were also some of the best movies this year, and that genuinely yeah that doesn't always happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, because again like Top Gun,
1: we talked about that. Top, it's, we talked about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, what was what is it's it's still like the highest grossing movie of twenty twenty
0: two. Yes, as of this recording, yeah. um, you know. But folks, what are your favorites of 2022? What are your favorite music biopics? Um, what, what is your favorite Sam Raimi movie? And why isn't it Oz the Great and Powerful?
1: If it if it is, listen, that's cool. But we're just gonna we're gonna quietly question it. That's all.
0: Just you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we have doubts. We have doubts. <laughs> uh, uh, just a couple. A, just a couple. Just gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next time.
1: Have a good night, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, one double feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. A special shout out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double...